Welcome back to another episode of I Don't Know. If you watched the first one, that's great. If you didn't, I hate you. But you're back here now for episode two. We got a really cool and fun guest and a really awesome show. So I look forward to getting it started. Stay tuned. Here we go. broadcaster a radio host a 90.7 fm the lion legend the goat of are you hungry delivery drivers oh my former ride to class and a good friend the cat man christian cat how you doing i'm doing pretty good i'm glad you mentioned that last one because you know i'm more proud of that than the other two i'll be honest the the delivery driver yes that- yes 100 yes you you brought a lot of a lot of pride to that establishment i think Yes. Are we allowed to curse in this program? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, go nuts. I don't have to share. All right, all right cool. Yeah. All right. So, you, you know, you're delivering fat bitches, fat blunts, all that. And you, you every, it's a new joke every time. And it's all worn down in my mind that I don't consider them curse words whatsoever when they, I deliver these sandwiches from like the, the establishment there. And, it, you know, it was just a good part of my life. I mean, it's like the name of the sandwich. So like at that point, is it even a curse in that sense of the word? It's like saying shit's Creek, right? Right. It's funny because I actually like talked about it on the radio today and you can't say shit's Creek on the radio because you can't give the appropriate uh, context that you would on TV if you were to have like quotation marks there. So you right. had to bleep it out. Yeah. But it's you like can't they even want, they say like, I really enjoy the show shit's Creek. I don't think, well, we had this, we used this program where we did a montage of all the big winners of all the stuff that people cared about. Mm-hmm. And I played it and it was bleeped out on there. So maybe they were worried of parents with kids in the car that turn it on. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bunch of FCC rules. It flashed me back to, uh, what was it, communications law? Did you take that class? Uh, probably did, yeah. I, <laughs> communications law. It was ethics and there was law. There was both them. Right, I remember were rough. Th- the law was like one day a week, but like three hours. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I remember exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It would dived in dove into all those different like what you can and can't say talked about like the mm-hmm. bagel rule in the ncaa that was interesting that's right with the cream cheese of yes. course yeah <laughs> the, one of them i was in a class with former penn state superstar juan johnson right and and he was my partner because johnson and cat came next to him in the uh, the roster of the class turns out he went to your neck of the woods in oregon before we presented so right. i did it myself I think I was in that class. I feel like I remember Juwan Johnson being in my like in the big group chat. Um, maybe not though. Maybe I think it was something else. What, was Tommy Stevens in it too? No. Okay, because it was that it was like, and th- those two in the lineman in the top right corner of the class, and I was like, okay, he's not he's not there anymore because because both them both transferred in the same day, right. like <laughs> two weeks of one another. So the conversations had in that desk, they changed history. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember there was definitely some like big name football players in the class, but there was a huge cheating scandal. So I feel like you would have remembered oh, if we were in the same class. No, there was not. I could never partake. I could never. Oh no! Well, I, 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 just, I couldn't sit next to that. 
I did not, but we were in a in a big group chat with like the, okay. you know, 200 people in the class. And oh. our the, the professor decided to save paper. So the next exam will be, you can bring your laptops. You can just do it online. And in the group chat, a bunch of, you know, just just real bad people. Neanderthals. <laughs> just scoundrels. Yeah. They were talking about how they're going to cheat and they're just going to pull this up and we should all text each other the answers. And when we came in the class that day for the test, he started with a slideshow of screenshots of the group chat. So there was a narc somewhere. Oh, no. Yeah, it was very intense. And all of a sudden, it was a 200-person group chat. You just see, like, left the group chat, left the group chat, left the group chat. <laughs> oh, that's that's just incredible. That's like something you see on, like, Blue Mountain State or something like that. That's, like, terrifying. If if All right, so who would you rather be the person who's na- – do, do I guess the name of the screenshot – they are just exposed in the middle of class. The professor saw it's embarrassing. Or if it's found out that you're the one that knocked, I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick. Yeah. I don't, I mean, luckily I was in the group chat. I never kind of, Pretend. I never was plotting any, any cheating. I was like, yeah. this is kind of stupid, but like your life, what, you know, what am I going to do? Right. So oh. I was never afraid of anything, but everyone was like, oh, we're all going to get like, you know, failures in the class and they're going to report us. And everyone was freaking out. And I was like, you're stupid oh. for talking about cheating in a 200 person group chat. Oh yeah, that's too many people. You gotta cap it out like twenty. Yeah, that's that's too many. Twenty. Well, moving on from college, which we both have done, we have moved physically. Yeah. To far places. So you are in Oklahoma, correct? Yeah. Yeah, about an hour and a half northwest of Oklahoma. Okay. Of Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Sorry. In right. Oklahoma. Still in the state. <laughs> yeah. Still in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I'm here right now. So tell me, and I know you went to Florida for a couple months in the summer. So what is, right? I was a wandering soul. Yeah. So <laughs> basically I went back to Penn State because I was like, what else am I going to do? Am I going to sit at home and do these classes? I went back after spring break and my girlfriend was going there too. because She didn't want to stay in Florida for it either. Both went back. That we pretty much lived together in her, like, uh, her college apartment, lived out the rest of the semester, graduated from there. I was working at the delivery spot so you can make money pretty sweet people tip you really well when they think you're risking your life so that was pretty sweet so after then it was just me applying to jobs applying to jobs not getting anything not getting anything eventually go back home because I graduated whatever need to take the next step I was at home for about a week and a half before I got a uh, unpaid internship at a South Florida collegiate baseball league was like yeah Better than anything I have right now. I'm getting un, uh, unemployment is pretty sweet, but I can still get that while I'm doing a uh, baseball. Go down to Florida for the summer. Uh, did that for the season about now uh, a month and a half, and then it was over. And I was like, well, "What am I gonna do now?" So then my girlfriend actually got into a, a grad program at Tulane in New Orleans, and she was kind enough to be like, "Hey, you're not doing anything, right? Now nah, I'm not doing anything. I'm in the same spot I was." for the week and a half sitting at home. Come to New Orleans with me. I like going to different American cities. So I spent a month and a half in uh, New Orleans, uh, kind of took in the bare bones of like, Bourbon Street because it was all closed up. So it was really bad. It was awful. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it was, like, uh, it's like the worst time to go to New Orleans, it, honestly. Exactly. It, 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 they didn't have Mardi Gras this year still. But yeah, it, it was pretty rough there. But we spent time with her, of course, got to Try the new food, all that stuff. And while I'm doing there, my full-time job is applying to jobs, waking up 9 a.m., seeing what, like, new listing dropped. And, like, I'm literally going, like, you were nationwide, like, just like, hey, if you'll take me, if you'll hire me, hire me. I'm going to up and move. 
got this job there, literally applied to it and got heard back in the next three hours and got hired the next morning. I was like, all right. Uh, they had this guy that was supposed to take the job, fell through, got homesick two days in. So they need someone that like week. So oh I drove God. from New Orleans to Oklahoma the following day. So I heard about the job and started working at the job three days apart. And I was like, okay, That's so I'm here insane. now. How far was the drive? It was 14 hours. 14 hours, you go like up through all of Louisiana, cut across kind of the southeast corner of Texas, up through Dallas, and then straight up from there to Oklahoma City, then to where I'm at. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I felt like a, a movie. I, I, my life is a movie, Noah. Like that's what I, like I was going to the, like gas stations, and my car had I had car trouble. I don't know anything. I don't know jack about vehicles or mechanic, like any of that stuff. And I had like a check your engine or it was like an oil light or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I pulled over. I'm like sweating. I'm like white my forehead. It's still hot, and I'm just stressing out there at this Texas gas station. Where I look like a pansy. I look like a yuppie <laughs> up from New York. They see the New York plates on my car too. Oh my god. So, but like I just kind of poured new oil in. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I eventually got there, and uh, I was looking up on my phone, like just texting and driving, not great. Uh, diners and drive-ins and dives, like Dallas locations. That was in my my pit stop, my dinner stop was anywhere Guy Fieri went. Got some barbecue, and then I got to Oklahoma at like 12 p.m. Got to the hotel I was staying at, and I started at um, the job the following morning at 6 a.m. Wow. So it was like wild. Like I, I was dead. And then it was like a 6 a.m. Because this guy had to put in all the jobs, responsibilities, all the trainings in one day of training. So I got there at 6 a.m., did the show live with him just to like see what he did, the morning country radio show. And then we had a football game because it was a Friday night in the fall, a football game that night at 7 p.m. So I eventually got back to my hotel room at like 10.45 p.m. And then I clocked out. I just slept the rest of the day. All throughout, like, I woke up at, like, noon the next day on a college football Saturday, and I just was just dead in a hotel room. I don't blame you. That's insane. It's that's takes diving right into, like, another level. Exactly. <laughs> it, I mean, like, I had no choice, though, right? I was, like, kind of excited about it. It was some something different, but, yeah, it was pretty sweet. I mean, yeah, I mean, something new, and you just – obviously, you knew you wanted it, so you just grabbed it when it came. That's I mean, that's that's great. So, so have so I know you're probably recording a bunch of podcasts. I'm going to release some periodically, right? Because I know like you're doing this for. I haven't seen you release any of the other ones before this, right? Because I just I, released, I just released my first one a couple days ago. Okay, I must have missed it. But yeah, I was going to ask. So then, what's your story? Like, how did you get to like Bend, Oregon, right? Oh, you're asking me the questions. How exactly, turning the tables? Yeah. Exactly. Because if, if I, I know all I know is that you went there. I know how it worked, how it went on. You recorded that video. How long did it take to make? <laughs> to make your faux like video commitment how, how did that go yeah so i was in like the same boat as you where the full-time job was applying every day actually very similar i started delivering for doordash so i was also nice. doing the food delivery <laughs> actually no you're our competition what was my competition but it was you know, i mean still with me we've moved on to bigger and better things but right. <laughs> but i was doing that to make money and then literally just getting up linkedin job sites applying checking emails had probably applied to over 100 150 places had a good amount of interviews. Some didn't go anywhere. Some went as far as like the final round. Oh. And like one, I even had a, uh, something go on in the state college area that didn't work out. Would have been nice. Didn't end up panning out exactly like I wanted to. So everything just kept applying all throughout the summer. And I had a friend actually from Penn State get a job here at the station in Bend around July. And okay. he told me, 
they were hiring and I should reach out and apply for the reporter job. So I did, didn't hear back at all, like nothing. Come to October, like, you know, three, four months later, random email from like the news director. Hey, we saw your application. We'd love for an interview. <laughs> so do the interview. It goes well. Next couple of days, I get an offer. This is the first full offer I'd had since graduation. I think it over, think it a lot. It's super far. I kind of weigh my options. Right, yeah. I accept. <laughs> the day after I accept, I get, or the week after I accept, I have three to five other stations call me and like reach out about positions. It's like oh, they knew, like a, a, a yeah. switch went off in their heads, like mm-hmm. he's going somewhere else. So now we should ask him. Oh my God. So, so you pretty much, yeah, that, that it would have been nice to have all those options on the table, but uh, Bend, Oregon, uh, I don't know anything about it. I don't know if I'm expected to. <laughs> like, what's no, it like so I didn't know a thing about it either. And that's kind of, I, and I had a, a choice. I could have still, you know, decommitted, I guess, <laughs> to yeah. the job and gone somewhere else, but it's really unique. It's kind of a lot like state college, I think. So it's in the, it's central Oregon. So it's the center of the state okay. and it's like a mountain town, but it's a huge tourist town. So like in the winter, oh, people come okay. to ski in the summer, people mm-hmm. come just for like the landscape because it's beautiful. There's mountain ranges and rivers and people hike and climb and whatever. It's, it's, you know, it's got that middle of nowhere feel like State College does, but yeah. it's a little more popular and it's not just college kids. It's like a, a functioning city. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty nice. I enjoyed it so far. I mean, same kind of thing as you in New Orleans. I haven't like really seen it because everything's been closed. Right. Yeah. So I've seen. Mm-hmm a shell of what it can be but i'm told in the summer it's a it's a lot of fun it's pretty funny like I, the the town i'm in oklahoma i think it was like every single count we just got a, a mask mandate maybe two months ago for the first time uh, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> i mean <laughs> i don't live with anyone elderly no one ace i'm kind of living on my own here so i'm not really affected by that much but it's kind of back to normal here and then for two months it wasn't because like outbreaks would happen, this and that, but it's a stark difference going from state college to New York. Florida was kind of like, you know, the deal with Florida. Yeah. Then New Orleans was back to more in the city, still a Southern city, but you're still in the city and like Bourbon Street was closed, but mm-hmm. taking the trek up here, it's uh, it's hard pressed to find a mask mandated spot. It's like, the one spot is the, the the internet provider. For some reason, they're the one spot that's mm. like, no, can't have it. They because like pretty much a mask mandate here means that you can get charged with trespassing if a business is like, nah, you can't come in here. You don't have a mask, and you're like, no, I want to be here, and then they can actually call the police on you. But you can do whatever you want elsewhere unless a business tells you get off my property because you have a mask on. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if here if there's like an actual mask mandate. It's just like the mask and distance rules are pretty strictly enforced. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very it's very divisive here though. Like there's yeah, people yeah. I've oh. noticed that if if I do a story and I don't have my mask on, I'll get people telling like where the heck's your mask? Really? Or if oh. I do, or if I do, I'll have people being like, oh, why are you wearing the mask? Like you don't need it. It's like very like very divisive. Mm-hmm. So no matter, I feel like I'm always wrong. <laughs> oh no, yeah, we're, we're in the 98 to two percent where no one give gives a flying f, and the two percent is like the so so can you wear a mask there? Like people are like, uh, or or it's more of like you know they're nice about it, but they give you a side eye. Like they mm. won't actually confront you to your face when you think you're being a pansy for wearing a mask. Um, but like since I'm like with a radio station, we go to like business to business, 
uh, promoting stuff like giving away a free this, a free that. So like we would wear a mask if we're inside a spot and some places don't care, some places do. But yeah, it, it's pretty funny um, how it's different wherever where you go, literally wherever you go. Right. Every state, every city within a state is just kind of a different culture. Right. Right. Cause you think like Oregon, you think, okay, Portland, pretty far left leaning. But then you think, okay, central Oregon, kind of uh, more in the countryside, right? I'm a, like how you describe Bend. So I see that, that divisive clash there. Right. And Bend it's, it's interesting. Bend, the population of the city is increasing every year Okay, because it's becoming more of kind of a, a destination town. It's someone compared it, not, um, what's that place in Colorado or mm. Mm. I can't some ski town in Colorado like the whatever of Oregon it's become like, okay. a, a, like a summer home or ski town type of place where people like to go I know they hate Californians here because it's all Californians oh, okay so all the locals who have been here their whole lives there are all these more people are coming in and a lot of them haven't been from California rent goes up traffic increases you know food prices go up so they kind of they hate they hate the tourists yeah. i have my pa plates so they're probably just more confused if anything when they see oh, me yeah. like why are you here but mm-hmm. i've noticed yeah. that <laughs> yeah i think the bordering states of california really do hate californians for that because all right so i went to vegas once in my life for a week i fell in love with vegas so i follow like this vegas page and they're just like yeah we hate californians here at vegas and i drive because i always call tr- cause trouble on the weekends but yeah, it's kind of a mutual thing that the bordering states of California don't like California. No matter what kind of California you are, like Northern, LA. Like, I don't think it matters. Just, <laughs> no, no, just do not like California whatsoever. No. Well, let's, let's, let's shift back to you and to your yeah. job out in Oklahoma. So what do you do on the day-to-day? What's your, what's that, your tasks? You know, I'm glad you asked that because I was going to ask you the same thing. So yeah, <laughs> day-to-day. All right, so it's – um. They strip down, radio's getting smaller and smaller, but the one thing that's surviving is small town radio because it gives you the localized coverage that a big TV station wouldn't give you. So I have a couple, I wear many hats, uh, as you might say. So I wake up and I do pretty much my morning show duties where I'm on a country radio station from 6 a.m. to noon. And all right, I can't publicize this, but you don't actually have to do it live. You can record it earlier. So sometimes, oh. yeah, sometimes <laughs> Catman in the morning is Catman at like 4 p.m. the day before. But that's just sometimes. So sometimes, and then you can do it. For, I do a six-hour radio show where it's just like top favorite country hits. I kind of inherited the yeah. station because, I mean, top country hits in Oklahoma, it's going to do well no matter who's behind the mic. So pretty much you just like, it's Catman in the morning on 107.1 KNID. How's it going, guys? It's pretty chilly out there. Make sure you wear a coat. Back to the country hits right here, right now. You know, like talk about that for a little, like maybe six times an hour, varying between six and four times an hour. Do that Are radio you a show. country fan? Sorry, not to interrupt. Are you a country yes. music fan? Yes, I was happy about that. All yes. right, that's good. So it's it's, it's yeah. authentic when you're playing. It's not, yeah. you're playing songs, you, you enjoy it, you like it, good. I know, it would have been pretty funny if I got a, we don't even have a real pop station, like a, like a real pop <laughs> station that has, stuff that you hear about like Dua Lipa stuff like that it would have been so fake we're like uh-oh Dua Lipa coming up next <laughs> speaking out my ass like I don't know what I'm saying right now like trying to talk about uh drama in in music but yeah so yeah got to do that um there was like a part choice they kind of assumed hey, he's from the northeast he's 21 years old is he gonna want to do country music and I was like yeah definitely do um, that's what the guy that before me did so I took it 
So then that's my job from pretty much when I wake up for the, maybe the first two and a half hours of the job. And then it's uh, high school sports are so big here. They are so popular. There's so much money in them. So I got to decide what schools to cover for basketball, football, baseball season. Hmm. Cause there's so many different high schools around the area within like a 40 minute, the listening area of our stations. Cause we both have like, uh, like a variety station where it's like the eighties to now hits that way country rock and true country which is like bluegrass and that kind of country so we have all those stations and then a syndicated radio station that just does cbs sports radio okay so pretty much we take all the schools that are having games this week and we decide all right what makes sense who can we cover and i talk with sales and be like all right this covington douglas lomega game on friday night makes sense we haven't covered them in a while It's going to be a good game. It's boys and girls, doubleheader for basketball. Let's do that. And then they're like, all right, sounds good. They'll get the sponsors. And then I contact the schools, get the rosters, and I organize who's going to be in the studio doing the board operating. So I kind of just organize all the broadcasts that way to where the sponsors make a lot of money for the broadcast, pay for the company vehicles, gas, pay for me to do it. And it all works out that way. Um, And also day-to-day stuff. Uh, I do a morning sports report. It's one uh, one minute each at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m., noon, and 5. Um, I just did all-stars, so I like kind of got emails to all the coaches. They emailed me their votes for football season, did that. Um, it We normally do more events, but with COVID, it's just less events. Right. And when you say um, you go and cover a game, do you like yeah. go and – like do play-by-play for the game yeah. or you just kind of yeah. in okay so yeah full, full across yeah. the board like you are covering that game broadcasting it live for whoever needs to hear exactly you publicize it on facebook hey we're live on 95.7 right now go there right now we're uh broadcasting lomega versus Covington douglas uh girls at six guys at eight and uh they love it they love it so much they then they'll they'll uh call into the station be like hey you're pronouncing my kid's name wrong like in the middle of the game. It's so intense. I, I love it. You kind of fall in love with it, how intense it gets, especially in basketball. We're like in all basketball, you can hear the fans oh, yeah. and the parents let it be known that they're unhappy. Cause we're doing in the middle of playoffs right now. It is ballistic. It's insane because all the locations are centrally located. So everyone can make the drive. It's the most important games of the year. And a lot of them are six and 8 PM on days. Parents can make it there. Oh, it is brutal. It is ruthless. It's like you get, I had a mom get kicked out like the other night. It's just hilarious. Like storm passed me. I didn't hear, I had the headset on. So something uh, she said, she said something uh, inappropriate. Exactly. And then all of a sudden I go, I can leave this shit show on my own. She storms past me. I'm like, okay. (laughs) They had to call the superintendent down, make sure she was gone. She wasn't gone. She went to the concession stand and worked for that for the second game. But it, 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 um, it's fun. It's it's a lot of high school sports is really the thing. I mean, and yeah, that sounds like such a different culture. I've always heard of, you know, the Southern high school sports scene as being super passionate. And this is an example that it's true. It's not just a rumor or theory. It, it is. And what's, right. It, yeah. The culture and, you think of Texas, think of Oklahoma being the weirder stepchild of Texas with <laughs> colder weather. That's pretty much how it is. Just colder weather. Yeah. Yeah. Here, unfortunately, like, so the COVID restrictions have been very strict here. And there has not been high school sports the entire year until last week. They just started tryouts and practices for 
the fall sports. So like football, boys and girls soccer, volleyball and cross country just started up. Okay. So I'm not even sure like how big of a high school sports area this is because I know people have been like fighting to get their sports for a while. And that's been like a hot button issue. Like, can we play or should yeah. we not play? But I'm not sure on a, on a normal everyday how passionate the, the town is yet. I'm not sure. Right. You'll probably see that once the it, – it'd be rough to see without attendance probably being allowed if they're just getting started now. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that's noble we'll get a better gauge on how people get into it. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, that's good. So how do you like it? How do you enjoy being in this kind of southern sports, high school sports world? I, I like it a lot. I mean, it, it's pretty sweet uh, having what you do like to do as your job, no matter how hard it can be. Because the hours right now in playoffs are absolutely ridiculous because it's they have games at 9.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. Uh, for this state tournament the next two weeks. So, like, it's pretty crazy because the games are in Oklahoma City an hour and a half down the road. So I'm going to be gone for the full day for the next, like, week. Like, this is my Monday off. I had games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I had Sunday off. And then Monday I had, like, my daytime job, like, with doing organizing what I'm doing for next week and doing the country radio show. And now it just pedals to the metal. Going to be running off fumes from Tuesday to Saturday when the championship games. And then we have day off, then Monday off again from games, and then Tuesday to Saturday again. Uh, but I, I do love it. it. It's pretty awesome the small compliments you get make it so worth it because sometimes uh in like college media you might know this where you kind of hear like compliments and you feel like you're not really talking to anyone except like your family or your friends who kind of support you where Mm -hmm. it's like oh thank you for listening to my stuff thanks for watching my stuff but like you know you know you're watching because like you know me yeah exactly and I, i appreciate it but when you hear someone randomly say hey, that was a cool broadcast. I listened to your stuff. It's like, oh, okay, that's pretty sweet. That kind of gets you through the rest definitely of the week, honestly. kind of a rewarding, rewarding aspect oh. to hear someone you don't know go out of their way to be like, hey, I thought you did a good job on X. It's like, oh, oh yeah. Cool, I did do a good right. job, maybe. You know, it, makes it like... <laughs> yeah, it makes you smile for the rest of the day. It's like, all right, cool. Uh, now you know you're talking to Rita from Sioux Falls. You know, like now you know you're talking to that person on your next broadcast. So right. it's awesome. What have you learned about yourself and about the sports industry in your few months in this job uh i've learned about myself it's so cliche it's so corny it's so like that girly thing i don't know how to be an adult like (laughs) i really don't know i I don't know uh how to balance stuff at home where my house my apartment my house my one bedroom apartment will become disgusting after a week just just because i don't know how to do it my girlfriend's here now, so she's pretty much like acting like a mom. So like, she picks up that for me, doing stuff that I forgot that I'm supposed to be doing as a well-functioning adult. <laughs> like it, it just but it's harder than it seems. It's it, it's it is harder than it seems. Yeah, and like you have the same kind of decor as I, where it's white walls and you kind of have the stuff that you kind of had from college. You throw up on the wall. But right. Yeah, moving in here was so <laughs> I learned about myself. Is like I love dogs. I'm like I want a dog. Living on. Living on my own, want a companion, didn't want to be myself here. Kind of was sad at that part. But I made a mistake. I got a puppy, literally a two-month-old puppy. Having to balance, like, sports, puppy, and work, not possible. But we made it through. She's, like, eight months now. But she tore up my carpet, and she keeps on tearing up my carpet. Uh, I try to trust her, like, (laughs) over the weekend. Like, all right, I'm not going to put you in the crate this weekend. 
So see what you can do. Totally betrayed it. Totally betrayed it. So if you're looking to get a dog out of college, like living on your own, maybe at two years old. Just a recommendation. That's that's very funny that you say that because I'm not honestly in an eerily similar position as you because I I do I want to get a dog and I actually recently got a girlfriend who lives in Pittsburgh so we're doing the long distance thing as well mm-hmm. and we want a dog and I want one I kind of want to get it to have a companion right well yeah the girlfriend's all the way over there but I'm pretty nervous to have that because I know how much attention a puppy requires when you're raising it and I have you know I'm working more than I ever have before in my life. Absolutely. So, I could only imagine with, with TV is more, cause you gotta be live more and all that kind of stuff. I could only imagine. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm, I, I want it so bad. There's nothing more. I'm excited. Like I'm, I'm out on my own. Uh, it'd be the perfect time. This is a huge dog town too, but that aspect, I don't want to do it until, unless <laughs> I know I can give that puppy the attention it deserves, you know? Right. Yeah. I would definitely recommend just uh, filter a lot of searches Get to know one when that was fostered already. Puppy is is it's rough being a, having just one person raising a puppy. So just advice I would recommend if I were to go back in time, maybe a one year old, two year old, maybe not two months. But you asked about sports too. I didn't forget the second half of your question. Um, learn about the sports industry. Uh, it's cutthroat, but people are willing to help. Uh, there are a lot of people in this business that do it as a hobby. And if you are able to snag a job that's full-time full time doing sports, hold on for it for dear life because it's hard to find another. It really is. Uh, almost everyone else you'll encounter is someone that does it on the side, uh, does it just because they want to. If you're able to get paid full-time to do that, even though you might have a side thing, because unless you are professional, professional, ESPN, CBS, all that kind of stuff. You're going to have to do something else on top of that with the same company. If you right. can get someone, a title sports director, grab onto it and climb within there and really hold on for dear life. That's really what I learned starting off as a 21-year-old out of college. I mean, yeah, that's great advice. And I'm even kind of going an alternative route. I'm not even in sports technically right now. I'm, I'm in the news side of things because I'm going the TV route, which is I mean, I think a similar in its dauntingness and it's kind of in its cold way about it, but it's, it's a different world. I know you're trying to interview me, but I do want to know, like, what do you do day to day? Like for your multimedia journalist, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically just walk you through a day. We'll go in yeah. 930. We'll have our zoom meeting. Normally I guess would be in person, but it's only been on zoom for me. And we just like pitch stories. So any story ideas you have, you saw something on Facebook, you heard something, you got a press release, whatever, we all pitch stories. News director kind of filters through them, either proves it, disapproves it, or assigns something. And then you go out and you get your stories. You call your sources. You got to bother them until they come and talk to you. You talk to them, you get your B-roll, you put your package together, and you get it all on the air by 4 o'clock. And then if it's important enough, you go live for the 4, 5, and 6. But we don't go live for everything just because – we don't, not everything needs to go live. Right. It doesn't really yeah. make sense to go live for some stories, but other ones it does. And it's, it's a grind. Cause sometimes it's, you know, you have it nice where you call someone at 10 o'clock and you have your interviews at 10 30 and you got everything shot by noon. Some days you don't even have a story till 1 PM. Oh, okay. And, but oh. no matter what you have to have something on the air at four. So it is a grind. And then it's just, it's a race and like your blood pressure is like rising and you feel that you're sweating. Oh, There's, I've had so many days where it's like 3.55 and I'm like, 
trying to edit and get everything in there. It's it's intense. Oh my gosh. I, Cause I've only my only experience with like, is it like Premiere still? Adobe Premiere or is it we some use other Premiere, editing? yeah. It's, my only experience was like collegiate TV news. And I it took me so long to get stuff done on that where I waited to the end to do like whatever that I, I forget. Um it was we were in the same class for that one too, where you can submit either your partners or yours to right. get right <laughs> in the 65, moment. Yeah. But I, but at the end, you had to have all of your stuff done. I was kind of like, you know what? I think yours is better. Never had mine done. Literally <laughs> never had mine done except for the first live shot. So I had to do it all at the end for that final website that I still use. And then I was there for, I think it combined like 18 hours, literally 18 hours oh in a span of two days because I was so bad at it because I didn't do it the entire semester. But I can only imagine a day. I guess it kind of refines your skills in it to where it's not as hard. Cause that's how I am with audition now too. Right. Like with, with like audio stuff. Now it's second nature for me where I have to put together one minute sports reports three times a day in 10 minutes or less. So I just kind of just do it. And that's probably with you just a different scale with, with uh, video, but you to have something every single day, every like single per- day, you got to have a story. And yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Like you said, like it, it's weird in school. Cause you do for your news classes or your TV production classes, like, three to five stories like a semester and yeah. now you're doing a story every day so oh, you're i never really had now. that like kind of timeline <laughs> like go out think of a story find your sources get the video edit it and get it on the air in one day but i the more i've done it like it's obviously it's more doable now it's almost second nature obviously i'm still new i'm not like not perfect at it it's only been a couple months but like it's right but you know growth, what you're doing the growth from yeah you know three months ago to now has already been huge so uh Exactly since you had a cold period, like of un- unemployment, like waiting for the job. So it's not like you jumped from editing an Adobe Premiere from your college days. So like, okay, now I'm going to take a week off. Then we go do this for real this time. No, it's like, yeah. <laughs> did they ease you in? Like, did you have to do a, a work week of five stories? Um, yeah. So we had like a couple weeks of training and we kind of learned like the system and then we like learned the cameras and then kind of, we kind of crawled in a little bit, but there really is no proper way to train for it just because it's it's so i mean there's people there to help but it's so isolated as in like you know you're calling and getting the interviews you're getting the footage and you're editing like no one's setting anything up for you really right yeah so even if they can train you and kind of walk you along the way once you're doing your own story you're on your own so that first story or first week of doing your own stories is very kind of scary yeah that's right yeah i was gonna ask like what was your first story was it something that was handed on a platter to you where it was like, okay, thank God I have a, not a slow news day. Or was it like, this is going to be every day. I got to call these random <laughs> people and just try to manufacture something. How was that first day? My very first story was actually the end of training. And it was kind of on a platter for me. It okay. was uh, the local police station. They were testing body cameras. And so like I already had like a police officer ready to speak and like the Lieutenant ready to speak. So it was pretty simple. But that was like, I think on the Friday of my last week of training, like the following okay. Monday or Tuesday, whatever, I started like officially reporting. I like came into the meeting, like with no ideas. And then I was just told one and I make all the calls of my own. I'm pretty sure I got the story done at, you know, 355. Okay. Oh. No, it's, it's a lot to learn. And it's, I mean, I've been learning and growing so much. So that's why I think it was the right move. Cause I've just, I've changed and grown a lot. Oh, absolutely. I think it's always when you go somewhere else, you restart things, you kind of 
it sounds like a sorority girl going to college. Like, hey, you learn who you are. You know, you change <laughs> in that freshman year of college. You actually do. When you live by yourself, you live in the real world. You're self-sustaining. You have your own apartment, no roommates. At least I, I didn't have a roommate. And you just kind of learn how to earn. So I work whatever hours you work. And now I come home. What do I do now? Like, uh, <laughs> like it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, I'm an adult. I actually look forward to a Friday. It's kind of weird. It's kind of like, yeah. Uh, Mondays. Yeah, Mondays do suck. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm not Mondays, am I right? Exactly. Like, damn. And I also found that true. Didn't use Facebook from like 2012 to three months ago when I got the job. I'm hopping back in the Facebook Facebook game. Oh, my God. Oh, I use oh, it. I have oh. to use it every day. Yeah. Oh, That's... my gosh. It is as much as toxicity you think any other social media is Facebook one, their video software is more addicting than YouTube. I fell in the trap of recreationally using Facebook. And I went, I watched the video and they know your algorithm like that. And I'm watching stupid videos. You know, Mr. Beast, you know, freaking Mr. Beast. Yeah. I'm watching, I'm turning to that guy. I watched Mr. Beast videos. Like what? What, what is this? I, I, we gave a hundred grand to a stranger this week and next week. And I watched, I had to manually mute these people that i actually oh watch the videos like there's this eaton Bertan. he just like makes these cooking videos mm -hmm. on facebook i don't like the videos but i watch them all like when they pop up because they're oh, so yeah. good at like just placing it right in front of you knowing you're gonna watch yes. it and then oh you don't like that one here's the next one exactly this one it's they're exactly. very good <laughs> you circle back to the same account anyway i i swear i mute the the, the accounts that i watch the videos because i don't like them but i'll watch them speaking of social media i know you're yeah. very active on twitter and i'm sure you saw today jj watt to the cardinals yeah. give me your first immediate reactions to that uh i was shocked like a lot of people like a lot of the established big j journalists i was shocked i thought he was going to go to a automatic winner go to no one would think no, of the bills that's what yeah, no one would blame him for go to green bay or the bills you go back home or you go to a similar uh culture that you kind of grew up in even though i mean it's been in Houston for what, what I don't even know, like eight years now, somewhat long time like that. But still, you went to school up north, you lived up up north, go back home to Green Bay or a similar culture like the Bills. No one would blame him for like ring chasing. No one really does blame you for ring chasing in the NFL anyway. I thought it makes sense if they could have offered him the next money. It's gonna feel weird. It almost was like Terrell Suggs went to the Cardinals for a little bit mm. after he was at the Ravens. He kind of sizzled out. Hey, T sizzle, but like I, I haven't been hot on the JJ Watt train. I, I don't think he's gonna be worth what he's getting paid right now. Uh, and I think that those contracts they get the big bucks at the end of your career make more sense when you are getting paid by the same team that you were that impact player when you were that MVP. When it's someone else, it's like the Cardinals are paying for the production that JJ Watt did with the. Texans in his heyday For the production he had not the production he still has exactly yeah that's what I think is going to happen I hope not I think JJ's an all right guy I make fun of his uh social media presence and the way he presents himself as trying to be a funny guy even though deep down he's like a lunk like he, he's like a, <laughs> he's a he's a hardo like, like he is a um he can't hide who you truly are like JJ Watt kind of wants to bleep uh Blake Griffin but he's not as funny as Blake Griffin. That's no. what I think was happening. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make much of an impact. I think the Cardinals have a lot of problems outside of pass rush. Uh, I think just their O-line needs help. 
Yeah, like I think um, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray didn't take as much of his. He looked like in the first like four or five weeks of the season, the Cardinals looked like they're going to be that team. They kind of looked like the Bills of last year, or I guess two years ago now. They looked like they were going to be that playoff team. They kind of should have made the playoffs this year, but with like a bad O line and a Kyler Murray who isn't good enough at this stage of his career to overcome a lackluster O line. You kind of saw a lot of throws, and I think it was like the Seahawks game where he just didn't play good football. Like, like he, there was a couple of throws that he just couldn't make. But he's obviously as young as you could be at his stage of the career. I, I um I think they are still a couple pieces away from that JJ Watt piece changing things. I don't think it's going to change anything right now. I agree, and I I, I think he's still productive. I don't think he's the impact player he was. So, you know, he's not going to hurt the team in terms of pass rush, maybe mm. in terms of cap hit he will, but right. He's not, he's nothing that'll push them over the edge that will make them more, make them a solid contender. Right. Cause they got to pay Kyler coming up. Uh, I don't know how many years they're paying quarterbacks earlier and earlier nowadays. Yeah. I think so, so this is his third season coming up. So think of the, <sighs> The end of his third <laughs> season. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. It's right. um, speaking of paying quarterbacks and quarterbacks yeah. on the other side of the JJ Watt. Tell me what you think about Deshaun Watson and his situation in Houston, because I feel bad for him. I want that man freed. Um, I'm a big realist, right? And there's two sides. You can be like, well, you signed a contract. You signed a contract. Getting paid a lot of money. Getting paid a lot of money. But on the other end of the realist, it's like. Well, quarterbacks have so much sway and so much say in where they are and what they do. You are getting paid this much because you have this much authority in some sense. You can swing that weight. Now, you can't swing weight like you can like in the NBA where we see it just in this season, how James Harden can just do whatever he wants, really. (laughs) Quarterback is the closest you can get to that in professional sports outside of the NBA. Um, Feel bad for Deshaun Watson. Oh, I feel bad for him on the field. On the field, it's like, yes, he is clearly, clearly a top six quarterback in the NFL right now. And his prime years are right now. And he's hitting this fake free agency market at the best time we've ever seen a quarterback everywhere, anywhere. Now, is he going to hit that fake free agency market? Nothing's happened yet. And that's kind of concerning. I think he's going to stay in Texas because Houston. I don't Houston's, think they plan on trading him. <laughs> no, I don't think. Even with the front office moves or, I guess, changes they've made, because they have a new head coach that Deshaun talked to their head coach, and he was like, all right, cool. The situation you're being put in right now is pretty tough. I still want to leave, though. And he told yeah. the public that. And they have a new GM, I'm pretty sure, too, because Bill O'Brien was their GM when he got fired. I think he's screwed. I think he's going to stay with Houston and just be mad. I think it's going to be like the situation where what we thought Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors was going to be. Remember his like press conferences and like in the off season with Toronto and he was just like mad. Then he yeah. ended up winning, winning the finals. And that was kind of brushed under the rug, how everyone <laughs> made fun of Kawhi, all that kind of stuff. But I think he's going to be begrudgingly with Houston. If nothing's happened yet and you already saw – uh, what's his name? Uh, go to the Colts. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. The, uh, a quarterback move already. We had Jared Goff move already. Wentz already went. You would have thought the bigger name quarterback would have been fight for him, fight for Deshaun, fight for Desha- fight for Deshaun, 
And then the dominoes fall where it's like, okay, we know Wentz is worth this much. So we'll adjust accordingly, but it hasn't yet. So I think Deshaun's screwed. I think he's stuck in Houston. Yeah, I think he's screwed too. And about your like kind of realist point where he did sign a contract. I, while I agree with that, you know, there's, there's two ends to that contract as well. And the Texans also committed to, to him to give the best team around him to give him a chance to win. And they haven't done that. So that's why I I understand, you know, he's held up his end of the bargain. He's played his heart out. He's played his contract out for however many years they haven't really fulfilled on the other end. So him wanting out, I think is reasonable. Is he going? And like, sometimes you can uh, say as an organization, well, we're not winning, but we're like, we're trying to like, do you, Deshaun, do you think we want to have a six win season? Deshaun, do you think we want to have a five win season? No, of course we're trying to make moves and put me in the right spot. But that DeAndre Hopkins trade is just such no, a dagger. You take away the man's biggest weapon and a league-wide known top two receiver in the NFL, you get back garbage, and like you're going to try to rationalize that to your mediocre running back and a, and a pick? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> no, it makes no sense. Yeah, I, I think he's screwed, but you never really know with these trade things. So there's always a lot of strategy within strategy. Maybe they're saying they keep doing that. We're not going to trade him, so they get better offers you know, through the back door. I don't know. I hope he gets traded, but I, if I were to guess, I think you're right that he's, he's screwed. He's Where do you want him to go? For, for, uh, for Deshaun and for the organization where it makes sense both. Because the or, my, my, I have a lot of friends in the Jets universe, and they mm. swear to me, oh, he loves Salah. He wants to go to the Jets. He wants to go to the big market. I see no idea. I don't see the Jets being in much of a better position that the, the Texans are, even though you yeah. get a good coach, even though that's pretty sweet. That's still like a two-year, three-year. The Jets are so far away. That's still wasting three more years, maybe two years at the least, years of his career. I don't see it with the Jets. They keep on swearing that Deshaun Watson likes Robert Sala. They like that system. He can build the defense. The Jets have an okay defense uh, right now for in the position they are. They have, like, picks, but I don't see the Jets. I like Chicago. I think it would be pretty cool. Chicago would work out. Um, yeah, I don't like the Jets either. I, I don't think they're they're like a, a half step more functional than in Houston, but like not by a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, I hate to say it because I don't and I know you don't like any of the, these teams either. I wouldn't hate him on the Patriots. The Patriots? Because he deserves would... a good program and a good yeah. franchise. And Cam Newton didn't really work out this season. He only had a one year deal, right? He's not coming back. Yeah, it was funny. He has a one year deal. And after that Seahawks primetime game, we're like, well, he's getting re signed. Like, Colin, I love Colin Coward. And he was like, well, he's getting re signed. He was like, opened his show laughing after that Sunday night football game. I was like, well, that kind of turned out bad. He's not getting re signed anymore. Yeah. And Cam Newton's going in the media saying, I know there's 32 guys not better than me. And it's like, okay, you're probably right. But uh, I don't think uh, the Patriots want him back if they could get Deshaun but if they can't get Deshaun I think they will take him back just because at a default because there won't be 32 guys that are better than Cam in that spot Patriots would make sense uh in my like media mind that'd be pretty cool it'd be a whole lot more interesting for him to go there than to Chicago and then to New York I would I would um I'd like to see it. I'd I like think to it's, see, it's a move, uh, and I, yeah. I don't like, you know, I don't like the Boston sports, I don't like the Patriots, but it would be good for football. It'd be good for the Patriots. Yeah. It'd be good for, for Watson. Will it happen? Probably not, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. 
it would be interesting because then you could be like, well, now Belichick's got a quarterback again. Again, now I mean, going from Brady to Cam, and there was a lot of those opt outs. Now New England has their real roster back, and right. they have a great quarterback. Is it was it really fifty percent Brady Belichick, or was Brady actually? A ton. I mean, right now, we obviously is getting all of the cup comeuppance. He's getting all the credit that he thinks and that he should have, in hindsight, gotten before, which I wasn't giving him. I was more of a 60-40 bell check, more of the reason for Brady. And now, could you not? I mean, Brady isn't the biggest athlete. He has a good arm, not a Mahomes arm. It's hard not to think Belichick was a lot, if not most of the reason. But after the season, we see, okay, Brady really was but now the playing fields are even. Brady right, walked this... into the perfect situation. Belichick walked into a suboptimal situation with a lot of players gone and not a quarterback he really wanted. I mean, there's a lot of factors below the surface causing both their seasons. But above the surface, it kind of ended or tipped the debate in. It was more Tom Brady than it was Belichick. Right. But given a full season with full full strength and if they get a quarterback like Watson – that'll kind of give Belichick that chance at redemption, you know, in the public eye, not that he cares about that, but in the public eye of who was really the reason for the success or how much percentage it should go to. Absolutely. Yeah. Real quick. I want to switch it up one more time and talk baseball because baseball is back. And I know you're a huge baseball fan. How excited are you for spring training? I am super excited and I can't uh, dive in yet personally because I told you I was in basketball playoff mode. So I, I've just been following on social media. Haven't been able to actually watch a, watch a broadcast of spring training game yet, but it just feels good. The local high school team had the first game today. The weather warms up here quicker than I'm used to, and we had like a 60-degree high here today. It's more of that. It's more of everything that the beginning of baseball means. That right. like I wore short sleeves the other day. The culmination but, of just spring coming and spring training and the season's right yeah. around the corner. Oh, yeah, you feel it in the air. Mm-hmm. And that first uh, spring day where you can wear a very light jacket to a ball game, be comfortable. Uh, I'm so excited for baseball. And I've been a long holder of this take. I said it a year ago. I said it six months ago. And I said it three months ago. Last season didn't count. I, I don't count the title. I don't count the season. The heartbreak sucks as a fan because you're watching these games for a reason. But I don't count. What was it? 62 games. 65 i forget it was 60 i don't count that that didn't count that doesn't count baseball is a sport built on consistency and a massive sample size it's how it's been done for so many years so all the more reason for me to be really excited for this baseball season to have a full 162 game season fans are going to be pretty much in most probably 80 percent of stadiums i'm super like stoked stoked for a west coast term out you uh, in the in the uh, west coast time zone i'm stoked for baseball season I'm, I'm really excited so i'm in the same but i haven't really kind of dug in yet i've just been seeing little videos and clips of everything on social media and it's just getting me real excited i think once once the season starts officially i'll probably be able to turn my attention more hopefully i mean it's a, got both got busy schedules are you comfortable making a way 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 too early world series prediction all right so i'm in this dilemma where i'm a yankees fan all right, so I have reason to believe. I'm as well. That, yes. So we have reason to believe our team should be there, right? Everything points in our mind except for what's happened the past three years, except yeah. for them continuously letting Yankees fans down. But 
you see that lineup on paper every single spring, every single opening day. The injuries haven't happened yet, right? They're I going to. Happened. Exactly. They're going to. They're going to. It's not if, but it's when. Because, like, at this exact same time last year, it was, like, pre-Luis Severino injury. It was, like, pre – I think it was uh, a judge injury uh, in the preseason. I don't think he was ready for opening day. I might be wrong on that. Oh, you know what? It was the delayed season, uh, so he actually was ready for opening day. Uh Way too early World Series prediction. Here, before you get, before you give yeah. it, I'm going to ask you to throw your sunglasses on. Absolutely. As you give your prediction, because you can. People are more trustworthy when they got glasses on, so I want people to know that what not you're these. saying is legit. I I look like a badass. I don't. I look like you do not want to date me. If you <laughs> if, you're, if you're a father, you don't want your daughter to date this mm. guy right here. He rolls up in oh. a leather jacket on the motorcycle. On a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> shaking your your tableware and like it's shaking up the drawers and like, oh, is that? Well, I want you to look look that that father right in the eyes and tell him who's going to be in the World Series this year. It's going to be the Braves versus the Yankees. I'm sorry, I can't pick up the Yankees. It's the Braves versus the Yankees. It's so hard to go back and back to back. I know the Dodgers have they got Trevor Bauer. I don't think Trevor Bauer is that good. I think he's a grifter. I think he's selling that microcosm of a season, blowing out of proportion. He had a good season. I think he's a great marketer. He's a grifter trying to sell those numbers as his numbers when he's a career, what, a shade under four ERA. I don't think that acquisition makes much for the Dodgers. I think that they got their Mickey Mouse World Series, and I think it's going to be Braves versus the Yankees. Braves have been burned a couple of times in the playoffs two years ago that had that really tough uh, first inning against the St. Louis Cardinals. Hmm. I think this is the, I know that, uh, that, that division's really tough and I'll, and I'll give uh, Philadelphia friends credit. I really like rubbing it in, rubbing salt in the wounds. I really don't like Philadelphia fans whatsoever at all. No matter what, I think they're going to be pretty good. I also, they've got their, their work cut out for them this year. I think, uh, the, and I'm also the same way with Mets fans because they are annoying little brother fans. Oh my gosh. I, I don't like the Mets fans uh, more than I should. I, there should be a bigger gap between the Red Sox and the Mets than there really is for me. But I do think they're going to be good. I think Lindor is a big matchup. I picked the, the Mets to win the division last season. Wow. So I think it'll be a tough road. I, I don't think... It's a slam dunk that the Braves actually win their division. But I do think that Soroka will come back later in the season. I think he, he hurt his Achilles on the mound in the middle of last season. I think the Braves are going to put it all together, have a very fun run to the title, to, to the World Series. Yankees, Braves, am I going to pick the Yankees? Am I going to pick the Yankees? Yeah, you bet your ass. I'm going to pick the Yankees. Yankees, World Series champions. It's going to happen. The Yankees didn't win it last year because it was a fake season. They're going to win it this year because it's a real one. And there's going to be fans in the bleachers by October. I think they're going to have – it's going to be tough for New York City. I think they're going to have like 70% capacity. It'll happen. New York Yankees, chase for 28. They're going to recapture glory. You heard it here first. Christian Cat. you can trust him because he's got glasses on. Yankees over the Braves in a fan-filled in some capacity stadium. Christian Cat. Catman, it's been great talking to you, great catching up. I love talking sports and just seeing how you're doing. I appreciate you for coming on. 
no problem. I'll see you at our graduation, maybe in four years. That'd be pretty sweet, right? <laughs> That's yeah. never happened. Yeah. Thank you for the, I know, because they're not going to have a, I don't think they're having an in-person graduation this year either. So no, it's, it's going to stack up where we're going to get a note in the mail. And be like, well, congrats. All right, I, sweet, you thanks. see, I think Baron retired just so he doesn't have to give us a graduation. <laughs> He's like, That's, maybe they'll forget about that if I just leave. It, honestly, <laughs> Not a bad idea. If you're like no. thinking about it, it's like that's the time to do it. It's like coming up on March Madness. If there's a time to quit your job, it's March Madness. And like, it's a, if there's a time to quit your job, it's so you don't have to make that decision. Yeah. All the power yeah. to them. <laughs> Thank you for the invite, Noah. Okay. That was Christian Cat. Bit of a long episode, but a good one. I'm happy you stuck around. If you did, I'm sure it was worth it. And I just need to take a moment to address the elephant in the room for those of you watching. Might be wondering, Noah, this is a Philly sports themed podcast, more or less. You're a Philly sports fan. What is that you're wearing? If you're listening, I'm wearing a Yankees t shirt. What's the deal with that? Okay, let me explain. I am a Yankees fan. I am a Philly sports fan. I grew up in the Philadelphia area, four for four, Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. That's what I grew up around. Also, my papa, my grandfather, my dad's dad, Bobby Robert Chast, the man, the myth, the legend, he grew up in the Bronx, New York. He was born in 1929, lived in New York in the 30s. He kind of was there for the pinnacle of baseball. He met Babe Ruth on the sidewalk. He was in the stadium for Lou Gehrig Day. He used to go buy tickets for baseball games for three cents or whatever. He's as legit a Yankees fan as it gets. And when I was being raised, he used to babysit me, and I would grow up watching the core four at his house. Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, that whole gang. So he... As I was growing up, and I loved, always loved sports, he kind of taught me to be a Yankees fan. And up until 2009, there was no beef with the Phillies and Yankees. So, it was very simple. I was a fan of both teams. And to explain or express how deep and how true of a Yankees fan he was, I will tell you a story about my pop-up that he wrote for me. He's got a ton of stories. Right now, I'm just going to read this one. I might read more later. And it's about how he met the babe, Babe Ruth. <clears throat> this is... My pop-up, Robert Chast. Well, I was about six years old, and my dad and I were on one of our long Sunday walks. We had covered the two and a half miles from our house, and we were living, and we were walking along the street opposite the Yankee Stadium's players' entrance, when the long, black Packard pulled up the curb. My dad had just been telling me about the fact that the stadium had been built right across the Harlem River from the Giants' polo grounds, on purpose. You see, he told me the Yankees had been leasing the field from the Giants to play in while the Giants were playing away games. But the Yankees began outdrawing and outselling the Giants on their own field. And the Giants manager, John McGraw, could not stand it. He canceled the Yankees' lease and bought up all the possible ball ballparks in Manhattan. On their turn, the owners of the Yankees, the two colonels, Jacob Ruppert, and this is a fun name, Tillinghast, Lehamadu, Houston, or Huston, bought land in the Bronx and in 1923 opened up a modern steel and concrete stadium modeled on the Coliseum in Rome, thus building Yankee Stadium. But to get back to that Packard, the door opened and out stepped a heavily built man wearing a camel's hair overcoat with a matching cap. He was headed for the Yankees players' entrance. In a low voice, my father said to me, that man was the babe. Bobby, why don't you go across the street and say hello? So I did. Hello, babe, I chirped. Hello, kid, he answered back. And that's how I met Babe Ruth.
So, if that doesn't provide enough evidence as to my pop-ups, Yankee fandom, and as to why that has been passed on to me, I don't know what will, but trust me, I'm a fan of all of the teams in Philly and the Yankees. It's doable. It's possible. I don't know what else to tell you. That's just the way it is. I don't know. Thanks for watching. I don't know.